But it helps you remember as well that being a Christian, we are not meant to live as victims. Amen. You know, sometimes I come and my life is like, I complain, this week, tough week. Ah, you know, I'm sick. And I go into this, what we call, and it's okay, you know, we go into this self-pity mode. And I get that, we whine, we complain. But do you not know that you have the privilege of a king as your father? We are not victims of life circumstances. We are not victims of what the enemy has thrown upon us because we have the king on our side. And the best thing about it is he gave us his name, his signet ring of authority. And I want to pray before we jump into the word of God this morning. I want us to pray that today, that God will touch your minds. If you came here feeling defeated, that you leave this place knowing that God is definitely on your side. If you came here with a need, know that God has all of heaven's resources ready to give unto you. Just like the royal family. Have you ever seen Prince William ever worrying about his finances? Have you ever seen Kate Middleton wondering, I have nothing to wear? She has all the clothes in the world. Eh. Why? Because she's royalty. And so are some of you here this morning. Can we lift up our hands right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we want to pray in Jesus' name that you anoint the word that is spoken. These are not my words, but the words of a king. And we pray, Lord, that you will demonstrate your power and your authority in this service today. Lord, I pray for those who came here, God, Lord, seeking for something from you. Lord, there is more than enough in the house of God. And Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, for you called us into the kingdom because you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Can all God's people say Amen. Can we stand for the reading of God's words? The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 to verse 13. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. If not, I'm reading from the NLT version. I like to put simple version for some of you. The meaning is more or less the same, okay? Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 to verse 13. Now take my time with it. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. Don't forget that you Gentiles, that's me, that's you. Gentiles are anybody that is not a Jew. We are Gentiles, okay? You Gentiles, used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies, but not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But, can everyone say but? but? This is the good part. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. Today, I'm going to preach about the benefits of kingdom living. Amen. You may be seated. Citizenship is a privilege. Can I get an Amen. You see, as Singaporeans, you will never understand this because you are born with citizenship. You were born with the privilege of citizenship. But you ask anyone that comes to Singapore, be it you're from Indonesia, from Malaysia, or any other country, and you came to Singapore looking for citizenship, you will see that what we have is a privilege. Amen. In Singapore, to get Singapore citizenship, it takes you, application, I think six months. Okay? Six months uh, to apply. But before that, you must be a PR first. I think two to three years. And then after that, you apply for citizenship. They will look at your status, your financial status. They'll look at your, your marital status. They'll look at your contribution to the country before they even accept you in. And I know of many people who have applied for citizenship in Singapore and their first attempt failed. Second attempt failed. Even PR also quite difficult for them. And all they wanted was to have this pink IC. And as a Singaporean, I admit to you, I take this pink IC for granted. And sometimes as a Singaporean, I complain. 
Hiya, why the prices Singapore so high? Hiya, why the HDB so expensive? Hiya, to get married, need to pay what, five digit to get married. Huh? Other people outside so cheap. Huh? I, I might as well go across the border, everything one third the price. Huh? Everything here so expensive. And I complain and I complain and I complain. And then I lost sight the privilege of a Singaporean. Think about it, think carefully. When you go to hospitals, do we get privileges for medical care? Cheaper, right? Where you want to buy house, your loans, your, um, the cost of your grants, all these little details, it comes with citizenship privileges. Amen. Let me see what else, what other privilege I have. I know I wrote down. Okay, a few things. Even schooling, your schooling is subsidized. I was so glad that my children is now moving to primary school because preschool is very expensive. But primary school, wow. My time, I think, what, 1990? Uh? Right, I don't know how much it costs, uh, but it's very cheap. Okay, and I'm very thankful for cheap schooling in Singapore. Can I get an amen? Uh, only parents will understand. Uh, okay, wow, preschool, very uh, pain. Okay? You see, a Singapore passport has excellent visa-free travel that rivals or exceeds most developed North American and European countries. You have a phenomenal passport. You can even go North Korea if you want. Eh? I mean, not say you will go, lah, but I'm saying you can go. I don't know what you can find there, okay? But you can find some stuff. You are enjoying a country with zero net debt. You are living in a country where your daughters and your ladies can walk in the middle of the night and you are not afraid because you have the security of a country that has lower crime. Even taxes in Singapore are levied on a territorial basis. That means, okay, that in a sense, citizenship in Singapore has no effect on your offshore companies or investments. Medical grants, housing grants. Even when you go gardens by the bay, you can see a distinction. Local pay this, foreigner pay this. I want to be a citizen eh, if I come to Singapore. You see, just as citizenship has privileges in Singapore, do you not know that the kingdom of God has privileges as well? When you become a child of God, we, most people look at the responsibilities and they say, there are some things I can do and there are some things I cannot do. For example, Singaporeans, we cannot bring chewing gum, right? We can eat chewing gum in public or whatever. Yeah, but you know what? There are many other things and liberties that you have that outweighs the things that you cannot do. And when we look at the kingdom of God, some of us, and I'll be honest with you, there are days as a Christian, I feel anxious. I feel discouraged. And even go through thoughts in my mind, is this even worth it to live this way? But could it be it's because I forgot the privileges of kingdom living? And today, my, my desire is to bring to you remembrance of the things that God has offered His people. And we're not just going to talk about it, we're going to pray about it. And I believe that at the end of this service, God's going to demonstrate it. Can I get an amen? amen. Psalms 103 verse 1 to 5 tells us, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. You know when that one statement, I should get a big amen. Who forgives all your iniquities. Everything that you have done in the past, there is no record of your wrongdoing because of what Jesus did. Tell that to a prisoner with six imprisonment that he has no more prison records at all. What a privilege. Who heals all your diseases. If there's anyone that is sick in the house of the Lord today, Guess what? Today, you're going to get your healing in Jesus' name. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and with tender mercies. There's a God that loves you. Who satisfies your mouth, my favourite part, with good things. That's called food. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow, can look younger. Praise the Lord. You see, kingdom living is a privilege what is kingdom living, some may ask, is when you live under the authority of the king. You surrender your rights to be king and you let Jesus be the king of your life. And when you make him a priority, the privileges are coming upon you. Now I'm going to talk about seven benefits of kingdom living. Are you ready? The first one, 
The first benefit of living in the kingdom is security. Can everyone say security? Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Bible tells us that God did not give us a spirit of fear. And the first privilege of a kingdom child of God is that you don't need to live in fear. You have a sense of security. First, the first sense of security you feel is you are secure in your relationship with God. You know, growing up, I noticed an observation that those who have a loving, secure relationship with their parents have a tendency to walk in more confidence and less fear. And here's the beauty of kingdom living. Regardless of how you were raised in your family background, all of us here this morning, we have a heavenly father that loves you. He loves you unconditionally. That there's nothing you can really do, uh, do at all to stop him from loving you. That's the God that we serve. You know, one time I remember, I said, God, I wanted, God, why am I, why do I feel, why do, why do people become so loyal to God? Let me tell you why people are loyal to God. Because God was first loyal to them. See, we live in a world that's quite disloyal. You know, you serve a company, you work hard, nine to five, but when you make a mistake, they fire you. And sometimes as a leader, same way. People work with me, they help me and stuff like that. And just because they make a mistake, oh, sorry, you're no longer of good use to me. Where's the loyalty in that? See, God doesn't operate that way. He doesn't operate like the world. He doesn't operate like the cutthroat, profit, you know, focus uh, institutions that you live in. Sometimes when we mess up, God looks at it and says, I'll be loyal to you. Sometimes we underestimate the loyal love of God when He looks at you. Just because you mess up sometimes, He's the God of the second, the third, the fourth chances. And that's why I'm loyal to Him. Because He has shown loyalty to me. And that gives you a lot of security. Because when you serve someone whose love for you is not dependent on your actions, you have a stable and very, what I call you have an anchor in your soul. Secondly, as a child of God, you can have confidence in God. 1 John 3, 21-22, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because he, we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Another privilege of having security in God is that when you approach God, you have the guts to ask God for things. Let me tell you among in my family, who is the person that they always send to ask me for things? Can anybody guess? Which person comes to me besides my wife? They always send Bethany. Always. You know why? Because Bethany is the one that first of all knows. She knows that whenever she asks me, I got a soft spot. So sometimes I see my older cheche say, Betty, go ask daddy, go ask daddy. Ask daddy can watch show or not. Then Betty will come, go, go, go. She's not scared one eh. She's not scared that I scold her. I'm not scared that, hey, why you ask me to watch show? Betty will come. Daddy, can I watch show? Then she give me the, you know, the, the eyes, the googly eyes. Then she will give the, the, the smile, the, she don't, she, her smile no teeth one. Then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I want to say no, but I look at her face like, okay, five, five minutes, five minutes, go, go, five minutes, five minutes. They always send the one. And this girl has guts, man. But that's also because I think she knows that daddy loves her to a fault. Lah. She gets away with everything. So, likewise, when you have that security with your father, asking God for help is not a problem. Because you have that confidence with God. Could it be that sometimes we don't dare to ask God? It's because we don't feel that security in His love. God wants to help you. And here's the third security. And this one uh, is quite cool. The third security is not talked about by in, the, in the Christian circle that much, but it's very real and very present. Do you know that you have angelic protection because you are a child of the King? 
Hebrews 1.14, are not the angels or ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are a born-again child of God, you automatically have angelic protection. Can I get an amen? We don't talk about it a lot and they are probably here right now because I asked them to come this morning. They are here right now and they are standing around you and they are waiting for you to ask them for help. There are angels in this room. There are angels that go before you. Let's talk about this angelic thing. You look at the royal family. I, I'm very into this royal family thing. Ever, I don't know why. Trending now. Uh, ever since Queen Elizabeth passed away, right? I've been reading out all about the royal family. Do you know that royal family... Because you're a royal family, you have automatic bodyguard protection. You, it's subsidised one eh. UK will, publicly, will have publicly funded UK police protection. All the royal family will automatically get it without paying a single cent. Do you know that? You see, what happened was, you all know the story lah, you know, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Prince Harry, right? Yeah, I'm very bad. Prince Harry, Meghan Mer Merkel, right? Meghan Markle, right? Yeah. Because they chose not to be a working royal, they choose to leave the royal family. You know what's the first thing they took away from them? Security. The royal family said, okay, you don't want to be part of the royal family, no problem. First privilege I take away from you, you have to pay for your own protection. Every year, it's estimated two to three million a year to have round-the-clock protection for a royal family member. So you can imagine the cost they would incur. Uh, for the rest of them, Prince William all that, uh, free. Uh. They want to pay for more, they can, they can But automatically, anytime they go for any event, the UK police is obligated to help them using public funds. Child of God, have you ever felt afraid walking at home at night? Flying a plane. Going to work. <laughs> Do you not know that there are angels that is ready to follow you, to go before you, to prepare the way for you? Every time I see a plane mission trip, I'm one of those people that are very scared of turbulence. One, Y'all don't know. Outside, I'm very calm, right? But when the turbulence come, I always think about all the shows I watch. On, 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 on the movies uh, of how the plane uh, turbulent uh, you know then kenjong wow, every time the thing shake only uh, like, Jesus, 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 Jesus and I remember a man of God once said every time he entered the plane right, he would pray Lord I lose angels to hold up the wings on the left side and the right side so every time you all don't know this like, every time you see me vision trip, you see me praying in the, in the plane right? I'm not praying for the, for the, for the, for the ground eh. I'm praying for my life eh. I say, Jesus, can you hold the left wing? I lose angels to hold the left wing. Michael, you hold the right wing. No, Michael, not helping me. La. But one of the angels, can you please hold the right wing? So even got turbulence, right? At least got the angel back up to hold it up. You think I'm joking, but it's real. <laughs> and do you think God will not send angels to hold it up? He will. Because why? It is written in the word that angels are God's servants bodyguards to those that inherit salvation. If you are born again, guess what? You are an heir of salvation. Can I get an amen? That's why, and that's why I always believe this. If you choose to walk in disobedience, like, I don't know, the two guys that they want to be royal family, the first thing you will lose is this protection. And I take this protection very seriously because I want God to protect my family not only does that affect us the couple, eh? their children are not covered, by the way. And I want God, God's angels. Every time Lauren walks to school, I say, God, I lose angels to go with my child. You know, you hear all these reports, right? How they go overseas, then kids get kidnapped by, you know, people. I say, God, I lose angel. If anybody kidnap my child, right, the angel will show up, become eight foot tall, stand over the guy and say, why are you touching this girl? I've heard of stories, it's not a joke, or apostolic stories, where, where, where ladies will walk down the street and then the mugger will come and they, they ran away because they saw two bodyguards standing behind the lady and then the lady looked back, there was nobody. Guess who they are? Angelic protection. And for this reason, 1 Corinthians 11.10, it says, For the reason the woman ought to have symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. 
Angels respond to our submission. Angel responds. When they look at you, they also want to identify, are you part of the royal family or not? And if you are, they will protect. If you're not, they, 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 they just naturally move their hand, their bodies back and say, nope, I will not touch that. Lastly, for every one devil that's against you, there are two angels that are for you. Because the Bible says one third of the angels fell, right? But the other two thirds is on your side. You are outnumbered. Number two, the second privilege of kingdom living is this thing called authority. Can everyone say authority? Well, this one, I must, I'm going to cover a bit more. Mark 16, 16 to 18. For those who have been TJ for the past 20 years, this verse has been our key scripture by Brother Stone King. Every single DCD. He always preached from this verse. I remember for I think six years in a row, he preached from the same verse. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, accidentally, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Can I get an amen? amen? The Bible tells us that if you have been born again, you have authority in the name of Jesus to lay hands on someone who is sick and they will recover. Look at your hands and say, these hands have healing power. Look at it. This is not your hands. The Holy Ghost in you. God has given you authority. I remember in DCD one time, I was, I was, before I married, I was, a, I, was a, you know, I was young, I was a youth. I went to DCD, I was rooming with one of the musicians. Or, or not musician, somebody that always leave the room on. And I was alone in the in, in DCD. And I remember I had a, I had a super high fever. It was like, it was like, it felt like 38, 39 kind of fever. And there was nobody in the room. And I was panicking. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm alone, I'm sick. I feel like vomiting. I never eat the whole day. Wow, far, hay fever. And no one to help me. My mother not around some more. So I panicked. I can't turn to pastor. Pastor busy. It was music practice time, you know, in the afternoon for DCD. And I was looking around. I said, wow, no one to help me there. Then across the room, I remember, there were a few people. I know Sue, Joyce Lee, I think you guys were in the room opposite me and there were a few Discovery Living people around. And I remember coming out of the door and they all saw me like, hey, you look half dead. And some, somewhere along the lines of that. And I say, hey, y'all, I, I say, I can't take it anymore. I think I got fever. So I say, I, I, I desperate. I have no time to look for a pastor, but can y'all come and pray for me? So I remember uh, Sue, Joyce Lee, and I think there were Discovery Living person, two, two people or whatever. I can't remember in detail, okay, very vague. They came to my room outside. Lah, okay, I was at the, living, uh, the, the, the hall. And they lay hands on me. They say, I don't know what they said, but along the lines, in Jesus' name, heal, better send, da, 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 all that. And honest to God, I said, I'm so desperate. I have no medicine, nothing, no Panadol, nothing. I said, God, I've, I don't want to miss my whole DCD. I said, God, you know, I received this healing. I received this healing. And the moment they prayed for me, I remember very clearly, my, I started to sweat. I started breaking out in sweat. Then suddenly, I think the, one of the Discovery Living men who was praying for me said that, hey, your lips are, um, the colour come back already. It was pale, ma. It's becoming red. Leh. My face turned red. Leh. Suddenly, I started sweating a lot. Leh. And the next thing, that's how I know I'm healed. The next thing I say, hey, I'm hungry. You all got food or not? <laughs> you know, when I don't eat, something is very wrong. The moment I said I'm hungry, I knew I was healed. I'm healed. They got me biscuits, they got me tea. And that very same day, my fever broke. It never came back without a single pill. Amen. You see, that is the power that is living inside of you today. Your child is sick. I know we go to the pediatrician. But why don't you take some faith and say, God, I take authority over the sickness in their body right now. In Jesus' name, I command the fever to break. I command the sickness to go. If there is any ailment in your body, just lay hands first. Try the Lord. It's not you. The Bible says, it is written, these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, if you know someone that is sick in the house of the Lord, if you have someone at home that is sick, can we just lift up our hands and pray for those who are sick right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, your word tells us, Lord, that these signs shall follow them that believe. Father, we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I command every sickness to leave this room right now. I command every uh, virus to leave the bodies of the, of the people of God that is here in this service. In Jesus' name, come on. If you are not feeling well right now, why don't you lay hands on your body? Come on, I command in Jesus' name for every back, 
that is feeling pain to be healed in Jesus' name. For everybody, everyone that is going through pain in their legs, in Jesus' name, full restoration this morning, oh God. For those who are at home, they are resting. We command every fever to go in Jesus' name. And Lord, I lose your healing, oh God, upon them because your word says, by your stripes, we are healed. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's thank God for His healing. Amen. 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 We have dominion. We have dominion. We have been, I've been living unaware of my authority for way too long. I'm not supposed to say it, but I don't watch this movie, but there's this show, I think, uh, Princess Diaries. Okay, for those who know that show. Not all of you here, in some sense, Princess Diaries is about this girl, teenage girl, who has no clue she is, she's an ordinary girl, kind of bully in school, blah, blah, blah. One day, she was called up by a queen of a European country and says, you are summoned to the palace because your father is actually the king and your identity has been hidden all this while. So she came into the palace, they groomed her up to be a queen, uh, to be a princess and then at the end of the movie, she was unveiled to the world. Some of us here, we are royalty in, in hiding and we have no clue who we really are in Christ. See, when God made man, He said, let us make man in our image. And, you know, in the image of God, He created them. And He said, let them have dominion. He said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Subdue it. And let them have dominion. When God created man, He created man to have dominion. Dominion. You know what's dominion? To have authority, to have power, I know we talk a lot about, as Christians, we are surrendering our, our lives to God. Lord, I give my control to you. Yes, I agree. I believe that. You surrender your, your life to God. You give control to God. But God also says you should have dominion, you know. We are not victims of, oh, the devil attacked me, Lord. Help. Sometimes you ask God for help. But sometimes you got to stand up and say, I am not going to stand for this attack on my family. I am a child of God. I have dominion. Somebody's got to take the weapons that God has given us and say, devil, the Bible says, the Bible says you overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. I plead the blood in my, over my family right now. Devil, you've been lying to my mind. You've been condemning me. Some of us here need to have dominion over ourselves. Someone once said this, the, the enemy is, is self. You might dominate over yourself. That means don't let the devil say you have no control. Eh? I believe this. That every thought that goes over your brain, I have this philosophy, you cannot stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop the bird from building a nest. <laughs> the devil put thoughts, you know, you think the devil don't put thoughts, he cannot, he cannot make you sin, but he blasts you with thoughts. He put voices of condemnation, he say you're worthless, you know, you fail your exams, nobody's going to love you, your parents don't love you, your wife don't love you, uh, he's cheating on me, all these stupid voices. I'm afraid for my future, I know money for BTO, all these crazy thoughts go to your mind eh? And sometimes as a child of God, yes, we beg God for help. But God is saying, you have authority. O ye of little faith, start commanding the waves to be still. And you stand up there and say, first of all, I come against you in the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful weapon that you have because the, the devil cannot go through the blood, by the way. It is your protection. I plead the blood over my mind. I say, devil, you have no thought to put this condemnation in me. I plead the blood. Jesus died for me. He loves me. So shut up, devil. And next thing you do, you have the word. You take up his promises. You say, God, I've done everything that you asked me to do. You say, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me. I bind the spirit of fear, the fear of poverty. I bind the fear that I don't have a house to stay. I bind the fear that you have put in me that my finances... You know, sometimes we, we live in so much fear about our finances when God says, why don't you take up my word and claim my promises? And you take dominion over it. And the Bible says, you cast down every thought. Right? It says, cast down every thought, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. To take captive and cast every thought, that means you are the, you must take some fight lah. It's like how my, my son today, my second daughter keep bullying him, you know, pulling his back, everything. My son had enough. Instead of calling daddy, he says, stop! Stop pulling my back, battery! He snatched the back. No! No! This is, you go see lah, he's my, he, he don't ask you, Shane hardly asked me for help one. 
He's the kind of guy that you touch him, he will fight you. No! Sometimes we need to go to the devil. No! Stop talking to my brain. Stop. Stop letting that bird put that thought in your mind or your head. Swipe it away. You have weapons, people. The weapon is the word. The weapon is your faith. You have the spirit. Here's, I, I put that. There are eight weapons we all have. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. You have the word of God. You have the spirit of God. You have angels. You have praise. Oh, let me talk about praise for a moment. Praise is our secret weapon. You read the Bible, right? There are a lot of warfare in the Bible that before they go and fight, they always start with praise. Remember Jehoshaphat, before the, the enemies were fighting, he says, don't put the soldier in front. Put the musicians in front. And when they started praising God, they fight among themselves. <laughs> because the Bible says, let the high praises of God be like a sword in the hand of the people of God. See, when we start to praise God, the devil cannot handle praise. A lot of people tell me, brother, my house haunted. Ah. My house got queer. I'm really scared. Can you come pray for my house? Ah? I say, the first thing you do, go and play some music, worship CD, and start worshiping God in your house. Your house automatically dedicated already. You want to house dedication? Let me give you an automatic house dedication. Start worshiping God in your house. Your house is dedicated already. You think when the presence of God comes into your house, any queer can say that? You think any ghost can come? The moment they see God, they, Sayonara, I'm leaving. Your house that's empty, you catch out. But you invite the king in. You see whether he's there to come in. Some things you can solve by begging God. But, some, but most of the time, it's taking dominion. And it says, We bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And the, the presence of God will come in. The Prince of Peace will come in. And all those unsettling thoughts you have in your mind, uh, or oh, I've been oppressed by the ghost. Okay, I understand that. Worship. What else? You have the, web, the word of our testimony. The Bible says you overcome them by the word of your testimony. You know what that means? Sometimes when you fight battles, you feel discouraged. You look at the testimonies of what the Lord has done. And you tell the devil, God has done this for me. Lord, you have, God has provided for this, 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 this. And so in this situation right now, He's not going to change. The Bible says He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You take the word of your testimony. Tuesday night prayer meeting, why do we share testimonies? Because we're letting you know that whatever circumstance you face, God has done it for that individual. And if He can do it for them, He can do it for you. There's also fasting prayer and faith. And pastor will talk more about that. Number three, the third privilege, I wish I can finish it. Third privilege, so important, is intimacy. The privilege of intimacy, Romans 8.15. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The privilege of intimacy. That means, Abba means daddy. See, as Christians, we have the privilege of intimacy with a heavenly father. Then the Bible says in John 8, 36, for whom the Son has set free, He is free indeed. My child don't need to come into my house and say, Daddy, can I please enter the house? Daddy, can I please open the fridge? Daddy, can I please walk in this house? If you are a guest in my house, please ask me before you come in. Please ask me before you open my fridge. It's courtesy. But if you're my son, he does walk there, my daughter walk there, open take the suite, close the door, go back to the room. Freedom. Why? Because that's the privilege of sonship. The Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne room of grace. Amen. I want to encourage, okay, I know there are some people here who are new in the house of the Lord and maybe, you, you know, you have not been a Christian, you're not born again and you know, you come into church for a long time. Let me tell you a very quick story, okay? And I'll move on. When I was, I, maybe I shared this before in the service, but just for those who never hear before. I was, I remember as a child, I would go to school, I have a friend. I noticed my teacher, Mrs. Lam, has always, she always go home after school, she's my science teacher, okay? And after school, she will always go home with this little boy. Okay, she would teach us in class, on, you know, everyday science and science, science, it's not a bit boring, but it's okay, she's okay. She teach, every day she'll go home with this boy. I said, who is this boy? Uh? They always go home with my teacher. And then later on, all the pakwa, we like to gossip, gossip, gossip. And then we found out, oh, that's Mrs. Lam's son. 
So apparently, my teacher has a son that is in the school. But of course, you don't teach the same class. La. I think the policy, you gotta teach your own son's class. And then I realized, oh, okay, la, not bad. La. All the science questions, you should know the answer, right? What a privilege. But then I was thinking, okay, she gets to go home. You see, all of us in school, we were taught by Mrs. Lam. We were cared for by Mrs. Lam. We learned a lot from Mrs. Lam. But only one person in school gets to go home with her. Who? The son. You can come to church and hear the teachings of God. You can come to church to enjoy and learn from the principles of God. But if you want to go home to be with Him in heaven, you got to be His son. You need to be born again. And later on in this lesson, I'm going to tell you how to enter into that family, into that kingdom. But just because you hear the teachings of Christ doesn't automatically allow you to go home. You got to be born again. Number four, the blessing of assurance. The Spirit Himself, Romans 8.16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's a lot of debate of what it means that the Spirit Himself bear witness. Some people say this is probably a sense of God's immediate presence. That sometimes when you feel afraid and you are feeling discouraged, you will pray unto the Lord and then the Holy Spirit comes. There is an assurance that God comes in and comforts you and says, don't worry, I'm with you. This is the privilege that we have as children. I remember one time that I was feeling persecuted and I was hiding in my room and I was crying to the Lord. I said, God, I feel, so, I feel so misunderstood. I want to serve you. I want to go to church, but I'm not allowed to go to church. And I was crying. I said, I'm discouraged. And I lifted up my hands to worship God. And the moment I said that, I felt the Holy Ghost come into that room of mine. And He just wrapped His arms around me. And I felt the love of God. The next day, somebody came up to me and said, that Sam, I had a vision of you that yesterday, I had a vision of you that you were in your room and I saw a huge cloud surrounding your room. The person had no clue that I was crying in that room because I wanted to go to church but I was not allowed to go to. You see, when you go through a trouble and when you begin to worship the Lord, there is an assurance. Eh? And that's what brings us through crisis. You know what fights? This I learned from Bishop Willoughby said this, faith does not conquer fear. It does not. The Bible never says that faith conquers fear. You know what conquers fear? 1 John 4, 17-18 Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment, but he who fear has not been made perfect in love. You know what casts out fear? It's not faith. The Bible says, love casts out fear. And not just love, perfect love. Because God may love you, but you must receive that love and feel assured. And sometimes we struggle. We struggle to believe that God loves us. Think about it logically. God is able to forgive every sin in this world. You mean He cannot forgive yours? And we sometimes struggle to feel forgiveness and love from God because we think that God forgives everyone but me. That's not true. He loves you. And, and the word judgment here is very interesting. The Greek word judgment, right, bonus in the day of judgment. The word judgment here is K-R-I-S-I-S. Crisis. You want bonus in the time of your crisis? You need to have the assurance that God loves you. Because God never promised us a life that is smooth. He said in this life, we will have tribulation. But His love's brings us the assurance. You may go to a hospital room, an operation theatre. That's your crisis. And then your friend said, you must have faith. When you're, in the, when you're in the operation, where you got faith? You're, you have faith. You're trying to hang on already. What we need in the crisis is not more faith. What we need in the crisis is more love. Because when I know God loves me, I can believe that it's going to be Okay. Don't tell me I need more faith. I'm in a crisis already. I come to church, just faith already. I lost a loved one. I don't need more faith. I just need someone to hug me and say, God loves you. Enough. And when I know God loves me, I can go through the crisis. Because there's a higher level than faith. You know what's higher level than faith? It's called trust. People who never go through crisis have faith. 
But after you go through crisis, you develop trust. Trust is a higher, I believe that trust is a higher relationship than faith. Because trust is, even though I don't get my answer, my prayer answered immediately, I don't doubt the character of God. Number five. I like this one. Inheritance. The privilege of kingdom living is inheritance. Romans 8.17 And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we also be glorified together with Him. There is a musical play, I don't know where you heard before, called Annie. It's where you get a song. It's a hard knock life for us. Annie is a story of a girl who lives in an orphanage and she was ill-treated by the person who ran the orphanage. She was moved from the orphanage to a place called the Warbucks Mansion where this billionaire <laughs> took her in, I think for Christmas or something, to spend time. And of course, at the beginning, the billionaire you know, and her had to develop their relationship. But then eventually, she was adopted into this billionaire family, leaving behind a spiteful alcoholic caretaker, entering into a relationship with a caring father. Annie went from a time where she had no possessions to have at all, to having the fortune of a billionaire at her disposal. The hard knock life is overcome by the brightness of sunny tomorrow. I like this musical a lot. I tell you why I like this musical a lot. Because this musical is a description of my relationship with God today. I may be born in this world with nothing, but the moment I join the kingdom of God and God becomes my father, I have an inheritance that like no other. The end of the, the, the show was very beautiful. I think the, the last song was all, all We Need Is Each Other or something like that. You see, Genesis 15:1 tells us, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. You know what's your reward for being part of the kingdom? It's not the benefits that I'm after. I'm after the king. Esther in the Bible was very smart because she had a request she wanted to bring to the king. But when she held a banquet for the king, the king said, I'll give you half the kingdom. But Esther's reply was this, all I ever wanted from you is that you come and eat with me again. And she created another banquet. You know what she's saying? What I want is not the priority. My desire is for you. See, as much as I talk a lot about benefits, let me tell you the greatest benefit. I told my daughter this, you want this toy in Toys R Us or you want daddy? Then she think very hard. Daddy. I say, why? Because if I have daddy, I can have all the toys. Oh, smart. Smart. If you pick the toy, you only get the toy. You pick daddy, unlimited supply. <laughs> right? Same way. Some people say, oh, I want this. But God is some looking, do you want me or you want the toy? And sometimes God is saying that, sometimes in, in prayer, right? I, 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 I also felt, I said, God, I don't come to you with prayer requests already. Like, I got a lot of lists. Like. Can I just spend time with you? Just hang out. Can we just talk? Can I just tell you my problems and just chill? You need to answer. Just talk. And not just spend time with God. Like, talk, 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 talk. After a while, I realized, okay, I, I know my problems solved already. Okay, I just talked to you happy already. Sometimes God is also saying that, can you just spend time with me just for me? And not just to get something out of it. Anyway. But here's the good news. If you are the child of a king, you have an inheritance. You may not see the inheritance now but you will see an inheritance in heaven. There is an inheritance in heaven. I say again, your life right now may not be everything that you want it to be, but there is an inheritance in heaven that awaits the child of God. Just be patient. One more thing. Right now, the world does not know who you are. But there will come a day when Jesus comes back again and when He establishes His kingdom, He will reveal the royal family. And he will say, you introduce. I want to introduce Prince Kelvin. Wow, shook, right? Y'all don't know that you have royalty 
staying next to you in Tiong Bahru. But he has always been there. I want to welcome you, Prince George. Oh, Prince George. <laughs> Perfect. Well, your name is very suitable for royalty. Yeah? <laughs> Any Williams in the house here? No? Okay, good. Prince George. And royalty people are, act different from normal people. Are. They walk different, they act different, they dress different. And they're not ashamed of it. You don't understand, never mind. Because I'm royalty. I represent my king. Don't be ashamed. And don't let the world tell you that you need to walk like them, talk like them, act like them, look like them. Because you're royalty, you just do you. One day, the world will know when Jesus is seated on that throne. And the Bible says, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And the Bible says, in the last days, in, the, in, the, in eternity, there will be crowns given to some of you. There's a crown for those who have endured. There's a crown for those who have been winning souls. There's a crown for those who have suffered. The last days, if you actually read your Bibles, the book of Revelations, they are crowns that will be given to the children of God at the end of the day. But the cool thing about this whole story is, at the last two chapters of the Bible, Jesus will come back. Eh? And the Bible says, He will be crowned with many crowns. You know why Jesus got so many crowns with Him? I tell you why. Because after in heaven, I received the crown from God. I believe this. This brother will say this. That because when we receive our crown, we will look at Jesus and say, I don't deserve this crown. Because everything that I have and everything that I do is because of you. And the people will lay down their crowns on the feet of Jesus. And they say, Jesus, you can have my crown and I enthrone you. So when Jesus come back, he's coming back with many crowns. And I told myself, God, at the end of the day, I want to have a crown that I can give to Jesus in heaven. Amen. Number seven, my last one. Oh, six. You have the privilege of discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they, indeed for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them, but He for our profit, that we may be partakers of His holiness. One of the privileges of kingdom living is that you have a father that will discipline you in the most loving way possible. You see, but I said, how, how is discipline a privilege? It is. Because if no one in your life can tell you areas that you are wrong, the Bible says, then you are an orphan, aren't you? You see, our Heavenly Father, when a parent disciplines a child, what is discipline? Is when you allow a milder form of pain in order to teach and mature the child away from a behaviour they will lead them to a greater amount of pain. Discipline, I say again, is introducing a milder form of pain to prevent a greater pain. That is discipline. A good father will lovingly discipline. He will not use his authority selfishly or indulge in his own need to feel powerful or in control. But neither is that father so needy for his child's love and approval that he never does what is hard or difficult. And that's the privilege you have with your family. For God is so secure that when He disciplines you, He does it in a way He doesn't need your approval, but at the same time, He does it enough not to exert His power, but because He wants to save you. Number seven, my last privilege. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. The last privilege is something that I think, it took me a while to get this because I always wonder, why, why is it a privilege to be like God? Why is it a privilege to be, not like God, to be, to be made in the image of God? You see, growing up, I always wanted to be like my dad. I respected my father. I loved my dad. I respected him so much. I told myself, growing up, I want to be like my father. He was a one church man, one, fam one family man, one wife, one company, he never left, he still, he has never left his company from the day he joined, until today. It's amazing. I never met a one company man that has been loyal in the company for 50 years, 60 years. Eh. 50 years, not 50 years, not 50 years. 50 years. 
It's crazy, eh? Growing up, I always wanted to be like my dad. I said, I admire him. And I say, God, I want to be like my father growing up. I want to have a family. I want to be loyal to that family. I want to be, my dad serves the family. He drives us all around. He always brings us to school. And that's why I bring my kids to school. I, it's, it's a thing that my dad does. You naturally want to emulate whom you admire. And that's why Paul said this in Philippians 3. I never understood Paul when he said this. He said, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience the resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection of, from the dead, I wanted to do it. You see, Paul admired Jesus so much. He said, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to be like you. I'm willing to go through your suffering. I'm willing to go through your victories. I'm even willing to die so that I can experience resurrection. I'm willing to go through all that. Because if you love someone, you want to emulate them. And it is a privilege that God Almighty is telling you this. You have an opportunity to be like me. You have an opportunity to, be, to, to, to live your life in the way that I would have lived my life if I was on earth. You have the privilege of becoming like me. That means we, we don't need to stay the way we are. There is transformation power. And let me tell you something. Transformation is not taking a list of do's and don'ts and say, as a Christian, I can do this, I cannot do this. Let me tell you where true transformation comes. True transformation is when we worship the Lord and we behold our Heavenly Father and we love Him. And then we say, God, I want to be like you. And when you see Him face to face and you get in touch with the glory of God, you are transformed. I say again, transformation does not come when you go to a class. It does not come just because someone tells you, be better, shape up. We need to touch the glory. I, I, can't, wait for, I can't wait for the day where... No, 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 we don't need to wait. We can touch the glory this morning. If all of us here together... Just tell God honestly, Lord, I want to see you face to face. Lord, I'm tired of being, uh, of being defeated. I'm tired of, of being the way that I am right now. Change me, oh God. I want to see your glory. And as you worship the Lord, the Bible says you are transformed from glory to glory. That means as you see the face of God, God transformed you into His image. When God adopted you into His family, He gave you His Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in us puts God's nature inside of us. We go through the same suffering as Him, we respond the same way as you respond. When we go through suffering, instead of fighting back, the Holy Spirit in us teaches us to forgive. We can have dominion. You know dominion is forgiveness as well? The ability to forgive someone is having dominion. I choose to release this person. I choose to release this person of the offences. That is taking dominion. I want to close today with this portion. Many of you here are already born again. You're citizens of the kingdom of God. But there are some here this morning say, Brother Sam, I don't even know what it means to enter the kingdom. You see, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, there are two things that must take place in your life. Number one, to be a Singapore citizen, do you know that to convert to Singapore citizenship, you have to renounce all citizenship? Singapore, not like Australia, we don't have dual citizenship one. You're either Singaporean or you're not. Okay, that's how strict we are. And the kingdom of God is made available to us if we want to join. But you have to renounce the old kingdom where you used to be from. And the Bible calls that repentance. If you want kingdom living and enjoy the benefits of kingdom living, you've got to release control of the kingdom of self and the kingdom of Satan. And say, God, I choose to turn away from my old, my old ways. I choose to turn away from my old ways of my old citizenship. And then the second part, okay, you renounce already, that's repentance. Here's the application process. John chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Okay, be patient with me, but this is important for some of those that are here today. If you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, there is one very clear requirement in the Bible. Very clear one. 
John 3, 1-8, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, when He came down on earth, He brought the gospel. You know what is the gospel? The Bible didn't say the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says the gospel of the kingdom. Why is it the gospel of the kingdom? Because when Jesus came on earth, His message to the world was this, even though you are not a citizen of heaven right now, I come here with a message. That the good news is this, that no matter where you're from and no matter who you are, you can have the opportunity to be under the ruling of a good king. And He says, here is the gospel of the kingdom. You enter it by being born again. You say, Brother Sam, what does it mean to be born again? You've got to be born of water and you've got to be born of spirit. For those who are listening, hear me now. You can be a believer of Jesus and not be born again. And the Bible says, to be born again in Acts chapter 2, they asked Peter, what must I do to be saved? Peter's reply was exactly what I just said. He says, you've got to repent, renounce old citizenship. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus that is born of water. And he says, you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost that is born of the Spirit. This morning, I want to give an invitation for those who are not in the kingdom. The King is here and He brought good news to you that you can experience salvation, you can experience the privileges of everything that God has offered in His kingdom. But you've got to first enter that kingdom. And for the rest of us, here's the thing. Just because you are in the kingdom, you've got to also stay in the kingdom. Kingdom living. Because you can be born again, but if you choose to live your life your own way and not the ways of the king, you step out of that kingdom living. Can we all stand? I'm, I'm the, almost finished. If tomorrow morning, the Singapore government announces to the entire world, we are giving away free citizenship to Singapore. Can you imagine how many people will flood our ICA website the moment we announce that? And when I share the gospel to my friends, I'm not begging them. I'm telling them, you have the wonderful privilege of being a part of the most, the greatest kingdom that will ever exist in the entire world. You are part of the greatest kingdom that the world will ever see. The Bible says in the last days, the kingdom of God will reign forever and ever. Right now, you may not see it. Right now, there is no physical kingdom that you can see. But the Bible says the kingdom of God is within you. What do you mean by that? That when you make a decision today and say, God, I will not allow myself to be the king over my life. And I want to surrender my life to the one true king. I want to let him determine my... I'm going to let God take care of my needs. I will seek the kingdom of God first. I want to do the things that pleases him. But I also want to encourage those here today. You're not a victim. You are a child of a king. And that mentality has got to change. You go through a problem... Say, God, I take dominion over it right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus, I lose angels in, the, in my home. I lose the angelic host to take control of this situation right now. Uh, you know, maybe there's a loved one in your life that, that you're, you're, you're fighting, you're struggling with. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why don't we take some courage and, take, and use our mouths? The Bible says the, the mouth. How do you release authority? It's your mouth. You want to complain or you can praise. You want to, 
to, to, to, to go in self-pity or you can say in Jesus' name I command this thing to change. Take control. Amen. Can we lift up our hands right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, first of all, God, we want to surrender. Just like what the, the word says, we are surrendering, God, ourselves to the King. Lord, we want to renounce, oh God, right now, every... our own kingdoms, oh God. We are surrendering, oh God, our rights to our own kingdoms, oh God. Lord, we don't want to be the God of our own lives, oh God, but Lord, we want to... We need you. We want you to be the King over our lives. And today, God... <laughs> Your word tells us, oh God, that you have given us authority, oh God. You have given us authority over sickness. You have given us authority, oh God, over the enemy right now. And Lord, we come against every lie of the devil that's trying to bring us down, that's trying to discourage us this morning. Lord, we are not victims, oh God. We are not, oh God. Just because I'm a Christian, I'm not deprived as a Christian. I'm the child of a king. And Lord, I believe there's going to come a day, oh God, where, where the world will know who you are and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess but Lord right now I can have dominion over every circumstance in my life come on some of us need to take control and start to pray in faith some of the things that you're fighting right now in the name of Jesus I come against depression I come against the spirit of poverty that fear that I have in my mind right now in Jesus name I command that fear to go in the name of Jesus the Lord has not given me a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind come on I have an inheritance in heaven. I lose kingdom finances into, a, into my family right now. In Jesus' name, I claim your promise that says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I lose joy in my home. I lose peace in my home right now. I lose restoration, oh God, in my family right now. In Jesus' name. Come on. I pray thy kingdom come into my company. I pray thy kingdom come into my neighborhood. I pray thy kingdom come, O oh God, that every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that you are God. And Father, I am an ambassador of the kingdom this day. I want to be a messenger of the kingdom, God, to everywhere I go, God. Why don't we just begin to pray? I want you to pray for your family. I just feel this. You are an ambassador of Christ. Why don't you take some time to pray for your home, to pray for your neighborhood, and pray that the kingdom of God will come upon that area right now. Some of us have loved ones that have yet to know about who Jesus is. Why don't you pray kingdom prayers for them this morning? Some of my young people, you're taking exams next week. Why don't you pray in Jesus' name that God will lose wisdom to you as you go for your exams. Come on, some of you have privileges that's beyond any other. Come on, forget not His benefits. You're not deprived as a Christian. You are a child of a king. All of heaven is backing you up this morning. Come on, pray for your children. Pray that the enemy will lose its hold on the influence on your children. In Jesus' name, I bind the work of the enemy that's trying to steal the salvation of my family right now. I command that spirit to go in Jesus' name. I bind it right now in Jesus' name. I lose the spirit of humility upon them. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, parents. I know some of you are praying for your child. Maybe he's not in church right now. But you can pray for that child in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, devil, every voice that you've been putting in his mind, I command it to be silent right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, you are the God of restoration. I lose restoration, oh God. I lose a sound mind into my loved one. Some of you are praying for your parents right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that anything that is hindering their eyes from seeing the gospel, I command that to leave right now in Jesus' name. I lose the light of the gospel upon their eyes that they can see their need for you in Jesus' name. Come on, all of us here. Why don't we use the name of Jesus? Why don't we begin to speak the name of Jesus?
If you need healing, why don't you let someone lay hands on you and speak the name of Jesus over your health right now. Come on. It's not about my preaching, but there is power, there's authority because of Jesus right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done, O God. There is no circumstance that is bigger than Jesus. There is no problem that the king cannot solve because he's, he is the king of kings and the lord of lords. I take authority over every voice that's been tormenting me this week. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Devil, go. In Jesus' name. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for the nation of Singapore right now. Father, it is our desire to see God, this nation saved, oh God. It's our desire to God to see revival in the land of Singapore. So Lord, we lose your angels right now into the country of Singapore. We lose, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, harvesting angels, angels, oh God, to prepare the way, God. Lord, I pray, God, Lord, that everywhere we go, God, Lord, that they will recognize, God, that we are children of the King, that they can feel favor, they can feel, God, there's a difference about us. Father, we pray, God, in Jesus' name, let your kingdom come in our government. Let your kingdom come, oh God, into every family that is in this country, God. Let every eye see, God, that truly, Jesus, you are Lord. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, use this church, oh God, the royal embassy of heaven, Father, in Jesus' name, bless our nation, O oh God. In Jesus' name, we thank you, God. Father, we want to pray for every home right now. Lord, we lose your kingdom finances, O oh God, into every home, God. That as they seek, for those who have been seeking your kingdom first, Lord, we claim your promise, O oh God, that you be Jehovah Jireh over their lives. For those who are trying to buy a house and looking for a BTO, we pray in Jesus' name, favor God in the application process. Lord, let the favour of the Lord be upon your people this morning as we leave this place. We thank you, God, for you're a good God and we give you praise. Can we just thank the Lord all over this place? Can we just magnify Him? Can we just lift up the name of Jesus and let's magnify our King? Amen. 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 I want to thank you all for being a part of Sunday morning and I want to encourage you as you go back Go out of this room with confidence of who you are. This week, you don't need to live in defeat. Call on the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Why don't we shake hands, be friendly and see you all next week and uh, God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.